Kimenon, O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. To you, O Lord, have I cried, O my God. I have exalted one chosen by my people. O Lord, I have cried, O my God. Wisdom. Letter to the Galatians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that would compel you to be circumcised, and not only in order that they might not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who receive circumcision do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But far be it from me to glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, upon the Israel of God. Henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. Peace be to you, the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. With your spirit. The reading is Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. The Lord said, No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the servant, serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. 
Good morning, everyone. Certainly uh, enjoyed my short stint serving at the festival yesterday, taking orders, although I heard a rumor that I'm going to be replaced next year by Alexa. <laughs> but that, seriously, though, I want to thank all of you, Father George, Father Jason, and I, or thank all of you for laboring and serving this year for the glory of our church and for, for the spread of the gospel and fellowship with our community at large. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. At the time of the founding fathers, there was a there was a doctrine of theology that was very popular was called deism. Deism is the theology that God created the world and then left it to its own devices. Like a Swiss watchmaker, carefully designing the most exquisite watch with parts moving always in close harmony and then selling the watch and leaving its fate to the owner. Will he know enough to take care of it and wind it up and not drop it? That's deism. It says there was a creative power of God, but it ended at the creation and left the world to spin out on its own. Now, I always found that to be a strange form of theology. And even though some of our founding fathers held it, it's actually, I think, contradicted by nothing other than our dollar bill itself. Have you ever read the back of a dollar bill? It says, no is ordo seclorum, the new order of the ages. New order. And then it says, anuit coepsis. He approves of our undertaking. He, of course, meaning the deity, God. Now, if God can approve the new order of a new world age, maybe he likes new creations. Maybe he likes to see things recreated. That's the testimony of the scriptures. What did Paul say today? What counts is not whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, what counts is, through Christ, a new creation. So I find it hard to, to believe that God called the world into being and then stopped his role as creator. He's always recreating. Now, when we say the 
Nicene Creed, we say, I believe in one God, creator or maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. But we mustn't stop by thinking that God created the world in space without thinking that God continues to create in time. He's always in the business of creating and recreating. Let's consider a very powerful biblical theme, the theme of barrenness. Barrenness is the lack of any life, any energy, anything but nothingness. Barrenness faced Abraham and his wife Sarah. Sarah was barren and elderly. And when God promised Abraham that he would bear a son, Abraham could have been skeptical. But he believed in his creator. And as Paul makes it very clear in his letter to the Romans, in the presence of him, God, whom he, Abraham believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope Abraham believed so that he became the father of many nations. So God didn't stop. His creation with the first chapter of Genesis, he kept recreating. He created a whole people from the barren womb of Sarah. And from Sarah came Isaac and Jacob, the patriarchs, the fathers of the nations of Israel, all the way up until Joachim and Anna. A son and a daughter of Israel traced back all the way to the barren womb of Sarah. And Anna's own womb was barren. And yet from the barrenness of her womb came none other than the mother of God, the Theotokos, the never-virgin Mary whose birth we commemorate in the church on this very day. Can you say God has ever stopped creating and recreating? What about our understanding of our Creator God? Here's a story I can tell you from my priesthood. I was in a parish where I met a young woman, very loving, caring woman, a nurse, and a lover of children. But she couldn't have any children of her own, and she was very, very grieved about this. 
And so we would pray together that she would conceive of a child that she longed for so very much. Well, one day I was off on a pilgrimage to Mount Athos, and I went to the monastery of Vatopedi. And there in the monastery, they preserved the belt of the Mother of God. And they have ribbons that they give to the faithful that have been with contact with this belt. And so I thought, and to be honest, I thought, well, can't hurt, might help. I'll bring a ribbon back. But of course, in the back of my mind, being a well-educated, very sophisticated man, I thought, well, you know, I believe in the Trinity, I believe in the Nicene Creed, but, you know, ribbons, uh, mm, relics. Mm. I brought it back, and I gave it to her. Some years later, I received an email. Father John, finally, we've had a child. Thank God and thank you for the ribbon that you brought us as a blessing. So, since then, I've tried very, very hard not to stop believing in the creative power of God. It's not easy, especially when I look at the news, because the news is anything else but news. It's the same old, same old. And I think of what James Joyce said, that history is a nightmare I'm trying to wake up from. But we can't deny the creative power of God. Don't you deny the creative power of God in your life, in the barrenness that you feel, depression, or fear, or anxiety. Those are all forms of barrenness because you've stopped believing in the creative power of God who can recreate anything, any morning, any day of your life. He can recreate what you don't think is possible to be create, created. He's at work right now. Don't block. Don't stand in the way. Don't laugh the way Sarah laughed when she was told she was going to have a child. And the joke was on her because her child was named Isaac, he who laughs. Because he who laughs last laughs best. And God, when you stop believing in his creative power, is chuckling. <clears throat> ah, they don't know me very well, do they? His creative power never, never ends. Now, into the ages of ages. Amen. Please rise.
YouTube.